It's episode 15 here at the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick, and we're starting off today's show talking about the death of net neutrality and what that means moving forward. Bird scooter craze is going crazy in California. They're now valued at $2 billion WTF. There's going to be carnage. Here, we're going to talk about what we think about it. The next topic comes from a contributor on founderslive.com, Kevin Lewis, but he wants to know some tips and tricks for the best ways to recruit high quality talent when you're only a small growing startup. Lastly, we end off the show talking about my favorite sporting event, the World Cup. It's a little bit of a non-tech topic, but we're excited to talk about uh, some sports and things that are happening in our lives. I hope you enjoy the show of episode 15 of the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. Please enjoy the show, rise a review, send us a tweet, comment on Founders Live. We'd love for here to hear from you and enjoy your day. Hey. Uh, hey, I'm I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I might have cut out there during that intro. Hello, I was switching my headphones. I apologize. Uh, but <laughs> uh, like always, I'd like to start off the show with just a, a recap. How did your week go? Uh, the week went pretty well. Yeah, just uh, pushing through a number of things. Um, but um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, it was uh, in general a positive week. And um, I, I actually started just to note, I, this was the first week for the course that I'm putting on, it's called uh, Founders Five, and uh, it's a, basically a five-week course on really five things that I believe are fundamental to um, essentially mastering as you get off the ground as an entrepreneur. So um, okay. it's week one, it's week one, it's pretty cool. And, and can you provide us any more context on these five things, or can you give us like a little teal, uh, teaser or sales pitch for it? Well, the five things are... Um, First and foremost, your um, your essentially the tenacity mentality, and really about how you you know how you prepare and mentally approach being an entrepreneur because it's absolutely you know it's nothing like anything else that you've done. Yeah. Um, secondly, next so the next week we're working on um, basically connecting and communicating with people. So as a founder, you really need to understand how to expand your network and communicate with other founders and investors and, you know, just the general uh, public. Uh, third is I yeah, problem solution thinking, you know, just, you know, when you start something, you can't just say, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if, and try to force a solution on no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to start with a problem first and then find a solution that people will pay for. Uh, fourth is, you know, uh, basically prototyping and hacking your first product and figuring out a way to get a very quick, cheap MVP a minimum product out to the market so you can get feedback and iterate. And then lastly, it's uh, about, you know, scaling and growth. So, you know, once you have that, all that that we've worked on and then, and then a, um, you know, small, at least an early product, how do you start scaling and growing your company, your team, your, um, your entire vision to, to create a very great business. So that's a five, it's actually a great five week kind of flow um, that, this is the first time I put it on, so I'm gonna see how it's uh, how it works, and then most likely I'll cycle through, you know, three or four a year, something like that. Awesome. And uh, so, is it in person or online course? It's online. It's online. So we have a weekly call, and then 
uh, basically there's just like, you know, homework and content and I'm, <laughs> you, you know how much content I have oh, over yeah. the years. So I'm, I'm really pulling from a lot of the stuff I've created over the last like five years. That's awesome. So, so, yeah, it's been so fun. How, how long have you been working on this project for? You know, actually I, I threw it together in the last like, you know, month, month and a half. And, um, I've been thinking about doing it for a long time. So a lot of the ideas and thoughts were there is just, you know, actually there's some tech, you know, there's some functionality and feature sets in founders live that allows for the course to be fully facilitated within founders live. So this is almost like a, it's a test and an experiment for how that feature set works. It's also a test and experiment to see how the content flows and how it's uh, put together. And, you know, so I'm just experimenting just like we yeah, all should. That's fantastic. And I mean, you have the experience and you definitely have the content um, with, I mean, h- how many years you've been working within startups yeah. here in Seattle. So that makes total sense. Well, that is yeah. super cool. Congratulations on launching Thanks. that. Um, anyone that's out there listening, check that out on uh, founderslive.com. Uh, but let's jump into some of the first topics that we have today. Um, let's start off with the first one. And so net neutrality was officially dead, I believe, on June 1st or was it June 6th? Uh, uh, looks like it's uh, as of the 11th. Or as of the 11th. It is yeah. now officially dead, uh, which doesn't mean it's actually officially dead. But when uh, the <laughs> new chairman of the SEC, I believe Ajit Pai, um, he got the approving vote for the Restoring Internet Freedom Order, which just is ridiculous name. Um, so that, that passed back in December. And so now there are really no protections on the internet kind of being this wild west open platform where everyone's competing, right? So founders live has the same access as Facebook and Twitter and all these other monsters. So you guys can actually compete as far as access goes. Um, there has been a little bit of pushback. I know on this, uh, just about the same day, the state of Washington passed a law that was pretty much restoring net neutrality. Uh, Oregon is very close to doing that. And there's like another 20 states that are in the process of trying to approve some rules. The Senate has actually already passed um, repealing this ruling. And now it's got to get through Congress. But it looks like they still need like 50 more Congress people to switch and then they also need the president to sign it and it sounds like the president um you know he's gonna he's gonna need some convincing to do and so nick i kind of want you to take the lead like now that it's here right because i know we've talked about this in previous weeks in the show but now that it's actually like hey this is real uh, you know what are your feelings about it yeah i it's i think it's scary i think it's a it's a situation that um, I think it it's a points to a very scary future of the internet. You just mentioned like, look, you know, companies like Founders Live and you know, smaller smaller startups are going to have a harder time getting equal footing with battle, battling the larger brands and you know, especially you know, de- you know, Founders Live is in the you would call it the media business or at least in one way, shape or form. And it, it definitely really bothers me that there's now like, you know, essentially, you know, I think that this sums it up, which is content discrimination 
Legal protections against content discrimination on the internet are gone. That's a scary world for me to be in as a consumer, but even more scary as a business owner. And um, I just, it, you know, like in the video, he says like, you know, internet's going to be a lot more like cable now. And, you know, cable, you have quite a bit of, uh, you know, limited choices depending on the network. And there's all this crap that's out there versus the internet is such a free access you know, widespread world that we're used to living in. And um, yeah, I'm a little concerned. And I hope that I hope that over time, I hope that this is not the solid set in stone decision for the future of the internet. I hope that there's a lot longer battle that in the end, legally, it can come back to, in my opinion, the restoring internet freedom should actually be the other way around. But yes. um, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, I don't know what any any thoughts on that. I'm sure that you probably have similar ones, but any thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm i scared as well. And and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that I just really feel like this needs so much attention and it's not really getting the attention that it deserves. Um, and I mean, we live we live in a little bubble here in the Northwest. That's that's more than clear. But I don't see anyone really defending um, the government on this one and repealing net neutrality. It was really weird that so many people are outspoken about this is the wrong thing to do, but, you know, this still got passed. And I just find it a really fishy and I don't want to get too much into politics, but like this, this is 100% led by these big, Oh, dude, I was just going to say that when you look at when you look at, um, you know, when you look at this page in the video right before you click it, it, you know, T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, they're all sitting in the background. And, you know, you don't uh, of course, there's money flowing. And more importantly, so the whole um, AT&T, Time Warner, um, that all just was accepted, I guess you could say. Yeah. And um, in that there's a lot there. There's so this is all about content. This is all about, um, you know, throttling certain speeds. And really, it's 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 frustrating to me. And I don't know. You know, I I just I I think I think one of the biggest answers to your question is honestly, it's not an easy thing to understand. And so literally 80, 90 percent of our general public have no clue what the whole actual issue of net neutrality is it's hard for me to keep it all straight but Mm -hmm. all i can say is legal protections against content discrimination if that's going away we're screwed and like i think yeah and i think most people don't even understand what exactly is happening that's why there's not a huge outrage yeah i totally i totally agree and i I think that word discrimination hopefully it keeps getting used because it's Mm -hmm. just a powerful word especially right now in today's society yeah. Um, with with all the contra- controversy that's going on uh, but if this is happening and this goes away all of the understanding of the current state of discrimination in our country which is a, still mm-hmm. a big problem it's it's all boiling up and there's so much attention coming to it in, in, in my opinion for the right reasons but the reason this is all showing up is because the internet is so open and people can now share their stories. They can share their videos and, and their experiences. And those things can go viral very easily. Um, and if this changes, right, not everyone's going to be able to get 
their voices heard. I mean, AT&T and Verizon and Comcast are going to control what gets out there and what doesn't. And so I'm really hoping that uh, Google and Facebook and Microsoft and Amazon, these companies that they're only here because of net neutrality and the opportunities the internet provides. Um, and I think their future, it might be dependent on that too, because mer- mergers and acquisitions and innovation between companies using the internet is so important that yeah. I hope those companies stay on the side of net neutrality and they kind of battle back against T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, and Comcast. And, and, yeah. and we figure this all out and it all works out the best for all of us because you and me are in, uh, let's just say, some deep shit if that's going <laughs> to go down. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so the next, man, kind of speaking of, speaking of crazy, uh, you know, we've, t- I, we've mentioned this so back a little while, but dude, this scooter craze is insane. And it's only getting crazier literally every week. And let me just lay out what I think really, you know, cracked it for me was, <clears throat> so, you know, there's a, a number of, you know, there's the, uh, like, you know, the bike sharing um, companies, but now the, all these scooters and some of them are from bike sharing companies as well. But, you know, the main ones, and I'll just point out one of them, which is Bird, you know, Bird has come on the scene and, you know, they, they've raised, the, the, dude, Bird is like less than a two years old, maybe a year, a year old. And they're, they've raised, I, I don't even, I think I'm not sure how much money at this point, but a hundred, like probably three, four hundred million they raised um like it was like 150 200 million a couple months ago they closed it they're already announcing to raise another couple hundred million at a double devaluation at two billion so we're talking about a company a startup that has gone from zero to quote two billion dollar valuation in less than a year um and there's all these regulations and crap it's a city to city regulations on you know what what can be out there and you know how you know they're littered across the street it's just so crazy um as and then lastly you know the article that i pushed on here was actually like personal injury lawyers are literally salivating and they're the ones that are like yeah put them all out there (laughs) because they they know that they're getting some business so um man uh, my official statement is I, i i i'm calling a shit ton of bullshit on this i think it's um it's absolutely sickening as a founder that is looking to capitalize and run a company and you see that this thing called bird is raising hundreds of millions of dollars. They're getting money thrown at them. It's a freaking scooter and they're valued out. What a billion, a billion and a half to 2 billion. It really kind of pisses me off. Yeah. And it, it feels like I'm not only saying the scooter craze is a bubble, but it's just the absolute filthy bullshit wealth that's happening in the bubble of Silicon Valley. So that's my getting off my pedestal. But what do you what do you think, man? Uh, well, first off, and and I remember when we brought this up because I had a fantastic time riding on these bird scooters. I really did enjoy yeah. uh, the the opportunity it provided when I was visiting in LA. I was on the Venice Boardwalk, and the friends I was with were like, hey, there's these boots, bird scooters and we have the boardwalk. Like we should rent them and go ride them. They gave us like, it was like 15 minutes for free to ride them. So we rode them for like half an hour and it cost us $4 or, or whatever it was. And I had a fantastic time. It was, it was a great time. And then I saw them all over in Santa Monica. 
and some other places there in LA. But I am also in your boat that a two billion dollar valuation is just ridiculous because these scooters are not Uber. They no. aren't going to be used in every single city. Aren't <laughs> in Seattle? They pretty much put a stop. I don't think they're going to be coming here in Seattle, at least with live bikes. They tried to launch them, but the city said no. I know Austin is having some issues uh, because they just launched them in Austin really without asking. And But in all these rainy, wet, snowy cities, these scooters, <laughs> just no way they, they can work. But I, they do have the electric bikes, so maybe there's an argument against what I'm saying. But I just don't see how these scooters are going to last the rainy the rainy season here in Seattle, it rains for no, it's, seven yeah, it's, straight months. It's not going to, that's, you know, that's just one of the aspects to think about. And you're right. Like, I mean, you can't just do the simple math of, Oh, let's, let's say one scooter generates, you know, $20 a day based on usage, a dollar per ride or $2 per ride. But you can't do the math across the entire year. Um, and depending on the location of the city, it, could be half a year or it could be three-fourths of the year um and you also can't do that you know in terms of hourly because they're going to be used more or less from you know 8 a.m you know or 7 a.m until like 8 p.m most likely and um but yeah i just i i from what i'm reading it seems like they're a feeder to the you know ride sharing war that is you know, and actually, like, so scooters and bikes are a feeder to the transportation war, which is the you know, ride sharing. And it just feels like to me, it's like this is the epitome of create a company, leverage some other third party um, manufacturers, create a, and create a company, and simply drive towards acquisition in two years. Yeah. But it's like, like, how it, you know, the market sets the, the, the price for sure from an acquisition and value standpoint, but their value valuation, there's no fucking way it's a billion or $2 billion. No way. And yeah, it just like, it just rubs crazy. me so hard, man. <laughs> well, I understand because I mean, it's tough to raise money. And when that much money, hundreds of millions of dollars gets thrown at these scooters, you know, just, just for California, more or less. With Uber made sense, Lyft made sense. You were going to be able to scale that across the world. Well, and the crazy, craziest thing is, like I said, you know, Bird, they're not, they're not building those from scratch. So they have costs outlay to go get those scooters. They put their brand on it. And then they're, I like, I don't know the unit economics here, but I just guarantee that it is an acquisition attempt for sure. Because I don't see how you don't, I don't, I would have a hard time seeing in the next, you know, five to 10 years when this company becomes operationally, you know, sound and, you know, profitable or at least cash flow when basically, you know, they have to buy outright those scooters and from the manufacturers and then try to make it up on a dollar a ride or whatever. It's like, I, I just, it just is like, dude, I mean, this is almost worse than like when, Instagram and all these social sharing photo sharing apps came out and everyone thought that they were $500 million valuation. And, you know, I think we've seen the value of, you know, some of these players, but I, I just have trouble with this one. Yeah. I, I, I don't blame you on that. If you do, if you do the <laughs> math, it's 15 cents per minute. So to make $1, you need to ride for 
six minutes, right? So to make a billion dollars, that means they need 60 billion minutes of <laughs> ride time. 60 billion minutes. That's a lot of minutes to be limited yeah. by the locations that you can ride. I just don't think they're ever going to get that. That number just doesn't sound obtainable. No. I, I enjoyed myself on the scooter for the 20, 30 minutes that I rode on it, but I just don't see them getting that many rides and this ever making their money back. It is just wild. But uh, all right, so we've talked a lot about bird scooters. So let's go on to some other problems that the community at Founders Live have been talking about. And the next question is from in Portland, Oregon, Kevin Lewis, who I was looking at his profile. Maybe you know a little bit more about him than I do. I know it says CTO of E. Kemion Inc. Our yeah, engineering so, manager. Um, yeah, Kevin actually pitched at uh, Founders Live in Portland about um, three months ago. He, uh, yeah, the, he had a, he had a great pitch. Kevin's a smart dude, man. He's a great guy. And so, uh, what what's the question that he's asking this week? Yeah, so Kevin posts. Basically, the question is about, you know, talent recruiting and, you know, he pretty much says he kind of goes a little longer here. But the crux of it is how do we make sure we find the right fit, the right talent fit for growing from three to four people? What about then growing from four to ten? How do we hire the right first time so we don't waste time, any time evaluating and replacing people? And it really is just, yeah, you know, when you're an early stage company, you know, I've posed this question a few times and actually like I led a panel two days ago on some of this topic of, you know, finding talent. First of all, where do you find that talent? You know, how, like, how are you, how are you as in founder and maybe you have a co-founder and a couple of people, but you're really starting to grow and you need to bring on equal, if not better talent to grow your company. Um, you know, what Kevin's saying is, how do we do that? How do we do that the right way? How do we, um, how do we, um, you know, how, how much time of every week should I be dedicating to finding the next hire? And how much am I going to let that time take away from fundraising, production and problem solving? And unfortunately, there's no simple answer to that one, Kevin. But I think the, you know, my quick take on this is you should always be recruiting. And that means the way that you go about being in the community and like running your business is a part of your life is always about connecting with people, uh, you know, just knowing a ton of people in your community, always thinking, well, I'm always going to be attracting talent. So I need to approach it that way. Um, but I think specifically, you just got to create those job descriptions. You got to identify the three to five people you want to sit down and talk to and um, you just got to make the time for it. Um, but I don't know, Connor, you've joined some teams in the last handful of years. What do you think? Yeah, and, and I have a recruiting background, so I understand how, how A, time-consuming it is, but just how difficult it is to find the right person. In an interview environment, you don't really get to know anyone at an intimate level to understand. It, there, there's hard skills and there's soft skills. So they might be able to do the work, but do you want to spend 40 to 80 hours with this person every week? That mm-hmm. is actually what I think is a more important factor. Hard, hard skills are are obviously very important, but I think the soft skills are what go untalked about for most of recruiting because 
you can you can usually get the hard work done if you enjoy working together right and solving problems and and getting there to to just find the solutions and so finding those qualities that with people who have empathy and drive and hard work and dedication those are really hard things to tell but i think those are some of the most important factors that you want to look for that match your company culturally and especially within the engineering field that's hard to find that's hard to test for and it, it i think it goes undervalued sometimes but mm-hmm. i all uh, a couple other things that i've noticed with the, the companies that i've worked for firing needs to happen and and i hate yep. to put this i hate to put this bluntly but as the leader ceo cto if you're in the leadership position where you're doing the hiring and and this is what i said to on kevin's post is i just don't think we're talking enough about firing we need to and i know it's not the pc version and and the right thing but it's more important to trim the fat and and get the people who aren't working out of there than to let them waste more time mm-hmm. because if you're really struggling they're not the right person you you have to focus on getting someone new and and i've had plenty of experience with just being being on a team and you know it's not my decision to i i can't fire the person but it's just like we just got to get this person out of here um th- that'll be the best for the organization yeah and so uh figuring out i mean especially because i assume he's in engineering doing contract to hire is uh, probably preferred because you just need to give it three months to really understand is this the right person and dedication. But lastly, I want to echo exactly what you said from the day before you start your company, you should always be thinking about recruiting people and recruiting within your network and building your network. And so my company's still very new, but I want the company to drive leads, not only for customers, but for people working for me now. So now, right, like I'm trying to work on some video projects and I'm hope you know, I'm meeting with people who are photographers and videographers and I'm trying to get them to come to me and say, hey, like I want to come do work for you. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think this whole content marketing concept, especially if you're a leader, if you're a thought leader, putting your content out there and your thoughts out there can convince people that, hey, I want to go work for Nick, right? Nick is influential. He knows what he's talking about. And he's someone that I could learn from and I want to approach Nick because I want to at least get, you know, in his pocket one day so I can help him out and be a part of his team. I think that's super important for a leader and it's just being ahead of the curve. So, so knowing these things before the process of hiring even comes up. Yeah, totally true, man. And hopefully we, we answer your, your, your question, Kevin, if not probably created more questions, but, (laughs) <laughs> you yeah, know, hopefully that was yeah. a little bit of context um yeah, I, I, I know that other people jump in there yeah yeah me too question. you know just lastly I, I do need to get going we we're getting a little over time but um hey man it's a it's the weirdest bittersweet every four years summer that i've had in a while um you're probably there too connor and you know yesterday the world cup kicked off dude it's like i look at the schedule and i'm just like ugh <laughs> there's no there's no like I, I i can't tell you that there's a lot of better sports games to watch than like u.s 
during the World Cup. You can go to a bar and there's packed and it's everyone's like in it. And so this year, that ain't gonna happen. I would. I'm still gonna try to go to some. You know, at least go watch some games and get around the crowd. But um, what what were your what are your thoughts? Real quick, let's tie it up pretty quick. But uh, what are your thoughts as as it World Cup starting and it's a good time, but it's still bittersweet. Yeah, and, and it's not going to have the same energy as it did four years ago when the U.S. is in it and people are talking about it every single day and there, there's this buzz going around it, which which is unfortunate. I bet the bars and the restaurants around the country are really going to reel from that. They're just not going to get yeah. the traffic that they could have had. But I'm a diehard soccer fan. Like, this whole month is dedicated to watching soccer. Like, I was up this morning. I My alarm went off at 5 a.m., and I went and I just like laid on my couch and I like pretty much was asleep for the whole game. But my intention <laughs> was I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go in my living room, turn my TV on and at least have the noise going. Uh, and then when Uruguay scored today in the 90th minute, like it woke me up and I was like, oh my gosh, no way. Uh, That's so, great. so I'm obsessed and I've pretty much scheduled my whole month around these games. It's in my calendar. Um, like I have a meeting today at 11 because Spain versus Portugal is at 10 o'clock. And I was like, all right, like I can at least watch the first half and then I'll go to this meeting. And so uh, my pick, I really want Belgium to win. They've got such a talented team. Um, they're not like a favorite, but they're super stacked. And so that's who I think is going to win. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to be, I'll be honest and say I'm not going to be watching as 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 closely as I would if U.S. was in, but I'm also a diehard soccer fan, at least um, at heart, and I will I will try to catch games as best I can, and you know maybe we should uh, coordinate watching a few uh, when we can. Yes, and so that concludes the show. This is episode 15 of the Catching Up podcast with Connor and Nick. Nick, you got any final words where people can find you on the internet? Uh, find me. Uh, on founderslive.com find me on linkedin find me on twitter i would love to chat excellent well thank you very much nick uh once again thank you very much for everyone for watching the show if you have any questions on twitter or founders live shoot it to us there and we look forward to seeing you at episode 16 of the catching up podcast next week nick i will see you this evening yep sounds good see you later peace I'm not going to be able to do that.